coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in the truth. And so this morning, I want to be the kind of worshipers that the Lord seeks. So would you uh, put aside for a second the things that are going on in your life and lift up the name of the Lord with us and sing to him. Come on.
Lord, that we get to sing to the Lord despite where our hearts are this morning. May He's faithful. I've seen it in my life, and I believe that you've seen it in your life too. And if you haven't yet, I believe that you will. God promises His faithfulness to us. So you sing that even maybe before you've seen it. There's power in proclaiming what you haven't seen yet.
sing to you. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. And then we we sit here and we think about your very first very first act of faithfulness to Adam. Giving him his wife. And after the fall, after we knew sin and death, you gave us your son, Jesus. So we have a hope. We have a future in you, God. We sing your praise. We we owe it all to you, God. We love you. We sing in your name.
as your word says. Eyes looking to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. And God, I'm just thinking about how often like how we just looked for our help to come from other things, but you are the source. You are the help. You are redemption. You are life. Jesus, I'm even thinking, we're Peter. We're, we are all Peter. At one point in our lives, we are Peter. We are seeing you. We are taking that step of faith to walk towards you, and we fail. And we fall, and we sink. And Jesus, you grab us. You don't tell us we're awful people and tell us to go rethink our lives. You pull us up. And Peter, you know, struggled. We all struggle. And I'm just thinking the the greater trust has got to come from you, God, to, to, to push us to greater trust. And so maybe some of us are standing in front of mountaintops or standing in front of mountains at the bottom right now or struggling to see the top. And I pray we would trust you as we start that journey. Um, and God, to know you go with us no matter what. You're always with us. And so, Jesus, we love you. And uh, we just give you all the honor and glory in this place. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Good morning, church. Say hello to those around you. It's a good day. reading this week in Habakkuk and I was just thinking about our culture and listen people there's two things we have to offer here we have the word of God and Jesus that's all we have to offer so I want to share with you and I thought this so funny you know Habakkuk is all upset about you know all the injustice and even says like you know there's no justice in the courts there's no there's all this violence and he brings his complaints to the Lord and then this is what God says He's like, look around at all the nations and look and be amazed. He said this, for I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe, even if someone told you about it. And then he goes on to talk to Habakkuk about what he's doing. He's raising up the Babylonians and he's going to use them for his will. And I was just like, man, that was so encouraging because you can look at injustice. You can look at the violence. You can look at the destruction. And God's like, look, I'm doing something in your own day. And so, people, I'm going to tell you that God's doing something in our own day for his will, for his glory, for his honor. Something that I think sometimes we have a hard time seeing. And we bring our complaints to the Lord, which is so good. Talk, talk to him always. But I just want to encourage you. God's doing something new. He's doing something in our day. And he's changing our world. And you know what? We may not see it, but he's doing something. So just be encouraged by the word this morning. Um, <clears throat> I just want to share a few things with you. If you pass the friendship folders down the rows, you appreciate that. A couple things. Uh, October 30th is Trunk and Treat. And a few things I want to share about that. There are two different time slots to register your kids to come and be a part of that. So please do that so we know how many people who expect 
Um, and then there's two slots, 6.30, 7.30, 7.30, 8.30. You could do that on our website. You could do that from your phone, your tablet, computer. And if you don't have any of those things, you can call us, and we'll be happy to help you out. And then the other thing is we're asking our church to bring your, you know, bring your car, your truck, your SUV, decorate it, and help us hand out candy on October 30th. And so uh, we'll communicate more information. Um, we have a few slots left to help and serve. And so please register to serve on our website for Trunk and Treat. It's going to be a great, great evening. And it's one of my favorite things that we do here because we just have a party and invite people to come hang out with us. And it's, there was a lot of people last year. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And God did a great work. Um, and then, guys, mark your calendars for November 2nd. We're going to meet up at Top Golf um, in Bridgeville at 10 a.m. And so just show up, and uh, we're, going to reg- we're going to reserve, you know, a bunch of bays that we can just, you know, hang out as guys and play golf, whether you're awesome or whether you're probably going, ooh, you're, you're not sure if you can show up or not. Um, please just show up. It would be a great opportunity for us to connect as guys. And, uh, yeah, bring your friends. It's going to be a great opportunity. So that's November 2nd at 10 a.m., in Bridgeville at Top Golf, and so if you have any questions, let us know. You can stop by the Welcome Center. Uh, ushers, I'm going to invite you to come on forward this morning. And as we um, continue on, again, we want to put our mission. I, I love it. People, someone told me, Luke, I'm tired of you telling us our mission. I'm like, well, good. That's a good thing. Our mission is to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why we gather. That's why we do what we do, because we are passionate about seeing people come to know Jesus. Because we've been changed, we want other people to meet Jesus and be changed. And so that's why we give. And so as we continue on this morning, let's go before the Lord and just ask him to move. And um, he's gonna, we're going to open up his word and we're going to grow. It's going to be good. Jesus, we love you and we uh, just commit this time to you as we have just spent time singing to you just raising you up. Jesus, you're the priority. You're why we gather here. And and your word is the lamp into our feet and the light into our path. I pray that we would wear it around our necks, that we would have it on the tips of our tongues, that we would take it into our schools, we would take it into our jobs, we would take it into our families, because there's nothing life transform there's nothing life transforming within us. The only thing within us that can transform is Jesus Christ. And I pray that as we continue on this morning, that we would just be changed. God, as we dig into more of your word and talking about your Holy Spirit, that we would just see you in a different way. That we would be encouraged and know that you gave us your Holy Spirit to be our comforter, to be our counselor, to push us to Jesus. And this morning that we would maybe learn something new. God, do your work and we love you and we ask all things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ.
This is that fun weekend of the women's retreat. Sixty women are away from the church. Can you thank God for that, huh? How cool is that? And uh, this is that weekend that all the little kids who come in with their dads, you know, you can tell their moms are away, you know. All those kids downstairs normally have bows in their hair, now have cereal on their face, you know what I mean? It's just like one of those days. My kids love women's retreat weekend because they got to eat chocolate cake for breakfast that weekend, so... We're having fun. We're glad that you're here today, and we're starting a new series entitled Ghost Series, uh, Ghost Stories, all right? And so uh, we're talking, you know, as you go throughout the month of October, you're here with different people having ghost stories, and, you'll, you know, they'll have ghost walks here and there, but I'll tell you what, we're going to talk about a different ghost, and it's called the Holy Ghost, all right? Uh, anybody ever sang the doxology, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, all right? And, uh, and, and that's, uh, that, that's an old translation of the word spirit, uh, the Holy Ghost. So we're going to talk about the, the role of the Holy Spirit, the role of the Holy Ghost. And, you know, if you look in the Bible, you'll see that over 800 times in the Scripture, God mentions uh, the words Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, over 800 times. So if it's 800 times in the Bible, we ought to lean into this. We ought to pay attention. Like, what, what does it mean? What, what is he talking about? As a matter of fact, if you go back to the very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1, we see the Spirit of God in Genesis 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Now, I want you to think about this because this is so important from the very creation. You know, we, we understand the Scripture. We're, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit here for this series. And I, and I want you to catch it because we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And as you look through this and you begin to study the Scripture, you'll see that, that they are one. It is one God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Today we're going to delve into this, but I want you to catch this. The, the word spirit there, it says the Spirit of God. Uh, the, the Old Testament word there was ruah. And uh, very literally, it means, a, it means a wind, it means a breath, it means a blast of breath. And the Holy Spirit, what this tells us is the Holy Spirit comes with power. We see that the Holy Spirit has power, and He has power for you and for your life. In the New Testament, you'll see a word called pneuma. And pneuma, it means a wind, a current of air, or a blast of breath. And so we see this word, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And uh, in the Old Testament times, you would see that the Spirit of God would quite often come upon a person. You would see he would come, and then quite often he would leave. For example, if you go and read about Saul, you'll see that the Spirit of the Lord was upon Saul, and then the Spirit of the Lord left Saul. The Spirit of the Lord would come upon David. David cried after his sin with Bathsheba, Oh, Lord, please do not let your spirit depart from me. So you, you, you see this in the Old Testament. And I want you to catch this because this is, so, this is so powerful, the gift that we have today and the Holy Spirit. Today, the Holy Spirit indwells every believer. If you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, if you've opened your heart and placed your faith in Him, the Scriptures teach us that He indwells every believer. No longer does He come and go. He is here. And when you think about that, because here was, here was Moses went up to the mountain, right? Moses goes out Mount Sinai. He has the experience with the burning bush. 
I mean, what could be more powerful and more exciting than the burning bush? And he comes down with the Ten Commandments. He has God's law for the people. But I want to share with you that we have something even more exciting. It's the Spirit of God living within us. You see, the, the, the Mount, uh, Moses had to go up to Mount Sinai to get it. You don't have to come to church to get it. He is with you 24-7, the Spirit of God. As a matter of fact, the Scripture calls us the temple. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That is because of the Spirit of Christ, the, the Holy Spirit, indwells us. And, you know, when you're thinking of the Spirit, you, you, you think of quite often this. Uh, you know, around Christmas, you hear somebody say, well, the Spirit of Christmas, you know. What is that? Well, that's not what we're talking about. The spirit of Christmas is just going out and buying gifts, right? And it's all fun and you spend a lot of money, right? That's, that's the spirit of Christmas, right? The spirit of God is not something, some movement, it's not some thought, it's not some feeling. He, the scripture refers to the Holy Spirit as he. Jesus called him he. The Holy Spirit will come and will indwell us. So the moment that you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, He indwells you. Look at the Spirit here, reference from John, early in the book of John. John testified, John chapter 1, he had just baptized Jesus, okay? He says, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon Him, resting upon Jesus. I didn't know He was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water... He told me this, the one whom you will see, the Spirit descend and rest, is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And so what he says is, listen, the Holy Spirit is coming, uh, he, and, and he's going to come. Jesus is going to be the one that's going to initiate it. Jesus came. He died on the cross. He paid for our sin. And when he left, he left us with the Holy Spirit. And the greatest work of the Holy Spirit today, folks, is this. He produces in your life love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Listen, that is what our world is starving for. Our world is starving for somebody that is a person of peace. They're starving for somebody that understands love, like truly love. You know, sometimes you go into, into, the, into the Word and you'll see that you're supposed to love somebody. And you're supposed to have agape love. That means God's love, like unconditional. I love you without regard for what I get out of this, all right? That's true love right there. And so we'll go home and sometimes we're frustrated with that because we try to manufacture that in our own. You cannot manufacture that apart from the Spirit of God. You know, when I was a kid I, uh, growing up, I heard about God the Father, God the Son, and uh, and then you got a little bit like a little bit afraid of this ghost thing. You know what I mean? You heard the Holy Ghost, and you're kind of like, oh, that's kind of those people that are dancing in the aisles and all that type of stuff, right? Well, let me say this: when it comes to the Holy Spirit, there are there are extremes. There are the, the extremes of those that that believe that, uh, you know, if a book falls off that shelf, oh, my, we've got to cast the demon out, right? And you'll go to that extreme. And then you'll have the other extreme over here that believe that the Holy Spirit is doing nothing and we should just be cold and just all facts. Well, let me tell you this. The Holy Spirit is alive. He is well. And it is all fact in the scripture and it's not something over here that we ignore and it's not something over here that every time a book falls off the shelf you see the enemy okay the holy spirit is alive and working let me show you this over in john chapter 14 
Jesus says this, John 14, verse 15. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's a pretty tall order, isn't it? This was the night before Jesus was going to the cross. Like, he knows he's going to the cross, and he, te- he just got done telling his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. And he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come and receive you unto myself, that where I am you may be also. I'm going to prepare many mansions in heaven, right? So he gives this long dissertation, and they're like, they're really messed up because, wait, we've been together ministry's going good, and now you're telling us you're going to leave? What do you mean you're going to leave? And then he says, he gives them this. He says, we'll go back to the 15. He says, if you you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So so he he lays that. And you know, that's a pretty tall order to love him and to keep his commandments. What What were his commandments? To love God and to love others. Like like you said, oh, that's pretty simple. Well, go ahead and try that. You know what I mean? Try that. Try to love somebody that you don't like. Oh, I'm sorry. Was I just a little too real there? And try to love somebody that you don't get along with. Try to love somebody that, that, that you feel that you shouldn't have to love. You see, he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And this, this is the sign of the children of God. The children of God will keep his commandments. They will love God with all their heart, and they will love each other. And so here's what's so cool. God will never ask you to do something that he does not empower you to do. Would you say that with me? God will never ask you to do something that he does not empower you to do. And here's proof. The very next sentence, he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Catch it. Here's the Trinity all in one verse. And I, Jesus, will ask the Father, and he will give you, he will send you another helper. The word helper there is this, it's a Greek word, it's called parakletos. And it means to come alongside of. It's translated many different ways. You will see the word helper. You'll see the word advocate. You'll see the word counselor. You'll see the word comforter. Because it all is consumed in this one word. It's, it's like somebody who advocates before the Father. The Spirit advocates before the Father on our behalf. And it impacts so many areas of your life. And so he says there, I, the, I Jesus will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper. And how long will He be with you? Forever. Aren't you glad He doesn't say, He'll be with you as long as you're good? He'll be with you until you sin? No, no. He says that He will be with you forever. Um, what, what is this parakletos here? Look, look, verse 17. He says, Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Listen, they're not, they're not looking for Him because it neither sees Him or knows Him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit to every believer. And so, listen, the paraclete, he comes alongside of us. One of the things he does is he's an intercessor. He prays on your behalf. Have you ever gone to the Lord in prayer and you've had such an issue and you've just cried and cried and cried and you don't have any more tears left to cry? And you're before the Father, and you, you don't even know how to pray. Well, the, the, the Spirit of God intercedes on our behalf. He says, hey, God, little Ken down there in, uh, in Finleyville, he's really struggling to keep your commands today. 
because life, the circumstances were hard on him, and he can't even figure out which way is up, which way is down. Uh, may I give him some power today? May, may I help him see your, your, your will? May I open his eyes? And so what he does, he goes to the Father on your behalf. And I want you to catch this because it's so powerful. Many people today are living a life without the Spirit. They're living their life without the Spirit. They think, well, I've got Jesus. And I want you to understand this because if Jesus were here today, like if Jesus were bodily here, and we said next Sunday Jesus will be at Crossroads Ministries at 9.30 and 11. Could you imagine what would happen in this place? Like we'd have to sell tickets to get in and out of here, right? You think Easter was something, you know? This place would be wild. But just side note, he's here today. And he'll be here next week, and he was here last week. I just want you to be aware of that. Side note. But if Jesus were here and we're having a potluck dinner afterwards, we're going to have a potluck dinner on Saturday night. Isn't that funny? A potluck dinner. I haven't had a potluck in so potluck long, right? So I, I don't even know what it is anymore, right? Everybody's going to bring a dinner. They're going to put the dinner out there. And so if Jesus were here and he come, you know, we're, and all these people were flocking in, and, and you know, we run out a little bit of, you know, run out of pasta, Jesus goes over and says, no problem. I got you covered, right? And you thought Olive Garden was the people who invented never-ending pasta, right? Jesus would have all that covered, right? But I want to tell you this, that we have something um, that is to our advantage. Check this out. This is what Jesus said. Nevertheless, verse 16, verse 7, John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go. That I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper, the parakletos, the comforter, the, the counselor, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, he will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus goes away and he sends the Holy Spirit of God to us. And many people today live their lives without the Spirit of God. And they, they, here's a few reasons why they live their life today without the Spirit of God. Number one is many people are just unaware. They're unaware of the Holy Spirit. They, they just don't realize. Like, they go out and they, they're trying to manufacture. They, they see all these things of the Christian life, and they're living defeated Christian lives. Like, whenever they have a problem, they're turning to other things and not to God. In the meantime, they have the Holy Spirit living right inside them. And they're living totally defeated lives, turning their life over to addictions, turning their life over to sins, trying to find themselves in something different. In the meantime, they have the Holy Spirit within them. And the Holy Spirit says, if you will just allow me, I'll give you the power to overcome this. I'll give you the power to get through this. You see, the Spirit of God does not come along and take your circumstances and get rid of things. He takes you through your circumstances. And that is what is so powerful. The Holy Spirit is here and He's, he's working in a mighty way. Many people are, are just unaware of the power that they have. You know, the same power that lives that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. That's in the book of Romans. And we get all charged up on that on Easter. But I'll tell you what, we need to get charged up on that every morning. When you go to work and you don't want to go. When you go, when you come home and some of you don't want to come home. Listen, that is where the power of God is going to be at work the most, where the hardest times are at. But we cannot rely on our own strength. And, and many people just kind of ignore the Spirit of God. They just kind of put Him over here on a shelf, and they just kind of live, well, because I have this knowledge, I have these facts. And it's like, man, you're missing it. 
the presence of the Almighty is with you. That same God who was hovering over the unformed earth in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, is in you. Whoa. Many people resist him. I want you to catch this. Many people resist him. Uh, they resist the Holy Spirit. They, they come and, they, you know, and, and they'll deal with this thing going back and forth with the, with the Holy Spirit. Like God would be speaking to you to do something and you, and you just kind of ignore it. And you say, well, no, that couldn't be. Uh, look here at Acts 7, verse 51. Stephen was about to be stoned and, and they're about ready to kill him. He's, this is the first martyr. For Jesus. And so he, he's, he, he's about ready to be stoned. They're taking the stones, ready to kill him. And he replies to these men there and he quotes, takes some Old Testament scriptures and he says, You stiff-necked people, you uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. The Holy Spirit's going to talk to us. And he's going to prompt you. And listen, folks, he's going he's gonna to guide you. He's going to help you through life. I, I, I want to share with you, a few years ago, I felt like God was telling me to go talk to a particular individual in our community about Jesus. This man was a known name in our community. I knew his name. I had never met him personally. And I just, I was, it was all week long. And I was leading up to the day that uh, we're going on vacation on Saturday. You know, that, you know how that week is leading up to vacation? All you're thinking about is vacation. But starting on Monday that week, I'll never forget. On Monday that week, I had this, like, like in my heart, I need to go see this man. And I gave God, me and the Lord were wrestling. There was a resistance. And I kept telling the Lord, like, God, I shouldn't go because he doesn't know me. Send somebody else. You know, Moses tried that with God, right? And so I was like, God, he doesn't know me. Try, try somebody else. And God just would not leave me alone. He like, he just, there was this wrestling match all week. Finally, it came down to Friday, and we're leaving Saturday. Do you know what that day is like before you go on vacation? It's the day of torture, isn't it? It's like your car breaks down that day. You're supposed to be driving eight hours to the beach. And all you can think about is everything else but where you're at now. And God just kept wrestling with my heart. And I called my wife from the office about 3 o'clock. I said, honey, I just cannot get this out of my mind. I need to go tell this man about Jesus. And she goes, you do? She goes, we're going on vacation tomorrow. I said, but I won't rest if I go down there and don't do this. So I got in the car. And it was by the time I got out of here, it was like 6 o'clock. I drive out to Washington Hospital. I go into Washington Hospital. And I'm like sweating. I'm like, God, I'm obeying you because this is not me. I don't even know this man. So I go up to this man's room and I go in and I talk to the man in the room and I said, listen, I'm here because I feel that God sent me here to tell you about Jesus. I want you to know how that you can have eternal life. We've been praying for you. I've heard about your name, but I've never met you personally. The man started to cry. And I'll never forget it. Tears come streaming down his eyes because I can't believe that you walked in the door and just said that. It says, just 15 minutes ago, the doctors left and told me that I have days left to live. So I went through and I explained to him how much that God loved him and how that he needed a Savior because 
because of our sin separates us from God and that Jesus died on the cross and paid for your sin. And if you'll just open your heart and transfer your trust onto him, that God would save your soul, that you'll have eternal life. And I'll tell you what, with tears rolling down his eyes, his wife with tears rolling down her eyes, they held hands and they opened their heart to Jesus Christ. They prayed to receive Christ. And I, I got in the car. I'm bawling my eyes out. I called my wife on the phone. I said, honey, I can't believe what just happened. Like the Spirit of God just stepped in and He told us to do this. And I went and obeyed. And look what God did. Got on the road the next morning. Drove on vacation. About three days into vacation, I get a call from a good friend of mine. and says, hey, the man you went to see in the hospital, he just passed away. And I'm like... You see, God is going to talk to you folks. And he's never going to talk to you for stuff that's going to make you feel good about yourself. This isn't some self-help feel-good stuff. This is not about you. And, and you say, how can I tell the difference between if it's God or if it's me? I tell, I tell people all the time, sometimes we mistake the voice of God for, for too much pizza the night before, okay? It's like you, ha- you have to decipher this, all right? And here's how you decipher it. Number one, if it's, if it's something selfish, it's typically not from God. For example, did you ever hear those preachers on TV, the one says that God told them to buy an airplane? I'm going to tell you, God didn't tell them to buy an airplane for himself. Okay, listen, that, that, that's typically selfishness. Now, there's nothing wrong if you want to go buy an airplane. More power to you. But don't tell all the people of God to buy you an airplane. All right, do you, do you see the difference? The difference here. God prompted my heart to go tell this man about Jesus. That's how the Holy Spirit leads. That's where the power comes. And God's going to help you. And we're, we're going to look at the ministry of the power of the Holy Spirit here. And it's going to be encouraging to your heart and to your soul. So, number one, if, it, if, it's, if it's something that's related to yourself, like you're going to get some selfish gain, it, it typically is not the Spirit of the Lord talking to you. Um, and then, number two, if it is for somebody else, like I'm going to do something kind for somebody else, like the day I walked by the person with the, uh, with the homeless man, I had a $20 bill in my pocket. I wanted to give him the $20 bill. Listen, I wrestled with God. There was a resistance on my part. I had to turn around like a block and go back and give that man that 20 It was between me and God. That wasn't something I'm telling you, just give every homeless person $20. I'm telling you, that was that particular day, me and God, because the Spirit of God was moving in my heart. And I want to encourage you, that same power that rose Jesus from the dead lives within you. And you have that same power. God's going to prompt on your heart to do something kind for somebody at work tomorrow, to hold a door, to smile, to make a cup of coffee for somebody. He is going to work in those ways, and he's going to challenge you and move you. But we cannot resist the Spirit of God. Um, listen, the, uh, the, the Spirit of God is not to be resisted, and he's not to be grieved. And we'll talk about that in, a, in one of the weeks to come. But we, we're not to grieve the Holy Spirit like... He is living in us. He's living in you. And he will not push himself on you. And many people have calloused this. Many people have said, well, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to live my life. And, and they become calloused. And many times sin will make us calloused. But God, the Holy Spirit, is living within you. I'm going to give you three things here this, today that the Holy Spirit will do in your life if you will let him. If you will let him. Number one, the Holy Spirit will comfort you. 
the Holy Spirit will comfort you. One, one of the translations for that word parakletos, where it says helper, one of the translations for that word is comfort. He's your, your comforter. And when I say comforter, I don't mean comfortable. I'm saying that he will comfort you. He will come to you when you are in pain and when you need him the most, he is there. Verse, John 14, verse 16, And I will ask the Father, he will give you another helper. Same word, comforter. I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter to be with you forever. You pray to the Father and he will give you a comforter. This is the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm, I'm watching people in our church battle cancer, like a number of people. And it's, it's a horrific disease. But I'll tell you what, I've watched many families in our church that the comfort of the Holy Spirit was upon them. Like they're, they're looking and they're saying the odds are the worst case scenario for me. And this family looks up and says, God is my rock. God is bigger than my cancer. And, and I'm hearing families come to me and say, you know what that is? That is not a strong personality. That is a strong God. That is the Holy Spirit of God that gets in and steps into people right where they are living because you cannot manufacture that. Oh, you can be good for a while, but you'll eventually crack. I tell you that the Spirit of God is upon us even after we've cracked. And we crack and it hurts and the pain is so destroyed. And I've watched, and I'm one family in particular just standing out to my mind right now where they have just been like, man, we know that our Redeemer lives and in the end we will see Him. You see, you know who that comes from? That does not come from somebody's strong discipline. That comes from the Spirit of God speaking into you and speaking into your life. He is your comforter. And and the Holy Spirit comforts us. The Spirit of God will comfort you. Um, John chapter 14, this verse is not on there, but uh, actually I'm going to move to number two here. He will counsel you. He will counsel you. The second thing is that he will be your counselor. If, you take, if you're taking notes, fill in the blank there. Number two, he's your counselor. When the Spirit of truth comes, verse John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you. See, that's what a counselor does. He counsels you. He guides you. He will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. God has been my counselor through life. Listen, when I have a decision to make, I have to make decisions on behalf of the church. I have to make decisions on behalf of my family and on my own person. Listen, the Holy Spirit is our counselor. We come to him and, and we get the greatest counsel comes from God. Uh, Proverbs says that there's wisdom in uh, uh, many counselors. And I do that quite often here at the church. I will, I will rely on God's people to speak into me on certain things because there's wisdom in counsel. But I'll tell you, there's one greater than all of that, and that is the Holy Spirit. And so when we come to the Holy Spirit, quite often he will, he will, uh, we will agree together because the counsel of the Holy Spirit. And over in John chapter 14, uh, verse, uh, John 14, verse 26, he says, But the counselor... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. 
Do you catch the job of the Holy Spirit is to come to you, not to make you feel good, not to make you be some great person who can do great deeds, but to make you, number one, obey the commands of the Lord. He comes back and he helps you to obey. He brings back, here's how he does it, he brings back to remembrance the things that Jesus has said. This is why it's so important, folks, that we, that we memorize the Scriptures. Like, take it and hide God's Word in your heart. And whenever you are out there facing temptation, you know what God's going to do? He's going to recall that to your remembrance. He's like going to speak it to you. He's going to remind you of what Jesus said. He's going to remind you of His Word. You're going to be tempted to go man's way. And God's going to speak it into you. And He's going to remind you. Our kids downstairs, they memorize. We give them a verse or two every week to memorize. Why? Because we know that that will be with them. And the Holy Spirit will guide them. And when they are 20 years later, the 7-year-old kid who's learning the Bible downstairs, 27 years old, he's going to be faced with something that is, that is big and a big temptation whenever he's a young adult. God is going to bring to remembrance those things that we have put in his heart and the Holy Spirit will use it and it will speak in his heart. I want to encourage you, let's not let that be just for a seven-year-old. Let's let that be for 70-year-olds. Let's let it be till the day that we die that we keep ingesting God's Word. We keep taking it in. We keep memorizing it. And God, the Holy Spirit, he will, he will do this. And then what he says here, verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, uh, but I give my peace to you. The third thing that he will do here is he will convict you. He will convict you. No, that's a scary word, isn't it? Like conviction. That's one of those words that you don't hear in church too often anymore because it makes people uncomfortable. Like, convict. Folks, that's what the Holy Spirit will do. He will convict you of sin in your life. Like if, if we don't understand that the Spirit of God, the reason that, the, that He sends the Holy Spirit is to convict me that I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And God already made the plan. So he said, Jesus died on the cross. Jesus went to the cross. He paid for my sin once for all forever. And his job is to come. The Holy Spirit will convict us and bring us to repentance to the point where we turn to Jesus. Um, here it is. He will convict you. The third thing, John sixteen eight. And when he comes, when he, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Folks, this morning, I want you to think about this because this is the sign of a true believer right here. That God convicts us of sin. Like if you want to know the difference between a real believer and a non-believer, it's the Holy Spirit is in their life. And the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. And like I don't have to convict you of sin. The pastor doesn't have to convict you of sin. I can't convict you of sin. I have 35 minutes a week to convict, right? I can't convict. The Holy Spirit will never leave you. He's there with you forever. So what that means, and as we wrap up this morning, I want you to catch this. What that means is as we are going into your daily life tomorrow and you're going to live and do what God's called you to do, that the Holy Spirit's going to be there and He's going to talk to you. And as you start to start to hear that little voice inside. You hear, you hear God tugging at your heart. Like God will convict you of sin, but he does not condemn the sinner. 
And, and so here's the big difference between Holy Spirit conviction and false guilt, okay? The enemy condemns. False guilt will condemn you. I did this, therefore I'm no good. And that's how, that's, that's the enemy. Jesus does not condemn us. Romans 8.1 says, There is now therefore no condemnation to those who belong to Christ, to those that are in Jesus Christ. There is no condemnation. None. But here's what he does say. He, he, has, he, he, he will convict us of our sin. And as we come before him and he begins to convict us, he will bring us to the point where we can trust God. And listen, there's things in your life. I don't have to come and tell you those areas. You already know them. And you're struggling with them. And I want you to sense this morning, maybe the Spirit of God is tugging at your heart about something that I haven't even mentioned. Like I haven't even gotten close to a list of sins here, right? But the Spirit of God's tugging at your heart and you're, you're sensing like, Man, I need to go home and make some change. And you're frustrated because you can't make the change. Well, the way you make the change is through the power of the Holy Spirit. You go home and you say, God, I need you. God, redeem me. Redeem all, all the, the, this fallen, my mistakes, my anger, my problems. And you give it to God. This morning, let's close in prayer. As we close in prayer, I want to invite you to Jesus. He says that he will comfort you. He will counsel you. He'll convict you of sin. Like that's really different than what you've probably ever heard about the Holy Spirit. You've probably heard people talk about the Holy Spirit and you get afraid. Folks, there's nothing to be afraid of. If you trusted Christ, He lives within you. The same power that rose Jesus from the grave, He is living inside of you. The Holy Spirit And today, I want to invite you to Jesus. Like, man, maybe he's convicted you that you need a Savior. Today is the day of salvation. Now is the time, the Scripture says. You don't wait another day. You don't wait till you've figured it all out. God will figure it out. You come and you place your trust on him. So this morning, if that's you in this place, and you say, Pastor Ken, I know that God has convicted me and I need a Savior. I want to ask you this morning if you'll pray with me. And just with your heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just respond to the King of Kings? Respond to that Holy Spirit tugging on your heart right now. And just pray something like this. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I've offended a holy God. But Jesus, you died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You came back to life again for me. God, I invite you into my life. I invite you into my soul right now. And if you just prayed that prayer this morning, I share with you that according to God's word, like if if your heart, you were sincere with God, you trusted Him right now, Scripture says that the Holy Spirit just stepped right into your life. He's right there. He's with you. He'll be your comforter. He'll be your counselor. He'll be your convictor. He will be your guide. For others in this room this morning, maybe you've been following Jesus for for a number of years, but you haven't been living in the Spirit. Like you're frustrated. You're upset because things aren't happening and you're angry half the time. Can I bring you back to the Spirit of God this morning? 
Maybe there's something in your life, there's a sin that he's convicting you of. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know the things that you're struggling with, but God does. And the Holy Spirit is right now inside of your heart. He's talking to you. And he's saying, listen, come to Jesus. He will always point you back to Jesus. He will never tell you something different than his word. He brings you right to Jesus. So I invite you to come to him this morning. Father God, be with each person in this place. God, we thank you for this tremendous gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. You've given him to us. He indwells us, Lord. And as we look through the, through the next few weeks and, and just looking into your word and finding out what you have to say about the Holy Spirit, like you sent him, Jesus. We thank you. I thank you that he's in me right now and he's speaking through me. I thank you that in this room, you're, you're, you used your word and you, you're touching hearts, God. And the double-edged sword of the, of the almighty power of God from his word just went into all of our hearts this morning. And your Holy Spirit is guiding it. So, God, I pray that you'll take us as we leave this place and that we will let your spirit guide us. And that we'll not be about ourselves, but we'll be like you are, Lord, about your Father's will. And we can obey those commands in the power of your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. You greet a few people around you. We're glad you're here today. God bless you. You are dismissed. Cut that crap.